This is the Grow Your Clinic podcast from Clinic Mastery. We help progressive health professionals to lead inspired teams, transform client experiences, and build clinics for good. Now, it's time to grow your clinic. Welcome back to another episode of the Grow Your Clinic podcast. My name is Jack O'Brien, your host, and I'm really excited today. This episode has been a long time in the making, and uh, if you're anything like me, you know that when things get get put off and there's a delay, it only just builds anticipation. And so today is one of those episodes for you. I have another guest joining us today. I'm really excited to have Cullen Brugman, who's the founder of Dashboard Magic. Cullen, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Jack. Appreciate you having me. It is our pleasure. And I'm sure that there's a certain segment of our audience when I say Dashboard Magic Actually, I think there's two segments. There's the first one that roll their eyes and they reached to switch off the podcast because they went, here we go again, talking numbers. Or there's the other half that, that light up and get excited and, uh, and turn the volume up. Colin, do you often find that sort of response when it comes to talking about dashboarding and metrics and numbers? Uh, yeah, it's so common because your classic CEO or, or business leader is often kind of stuck by... Like often, often that person or that personality, we see lots of them in terms of being quite visionary and having big ideas and being really passionate about what they do and excited by the contribution and the value they can really add to, to the people around them, their team and, and, and otherwise. And so I think that it's often a space that's kind of shied away from or put to the side uh, very quickly. And I guess where big believes in how do we make that simple? How do we kind of remove this disconnect between numbers and metrics and this big kind of complicated space, especially where it's an area that um, there's maybe not as much confidence for some people in business and really bridge the gap together because it's about how do we join the strategy, the vision with some of these numbers and this, this, these insights that we can get to really balance that gut instinct, balance that experience and balance that intuition that really kind of helps to drive things a bit more efficiently, profitably and, and produce a better outcome for everyone. That's awesome. There's, uh, there's so many things to dive into. Before we get into the, uh, the real meat and potatoes, let's talk about some icebreaker questions so the listeners can get to know a bit more about you. I've sure. got four questions for you. Ready to go? Yeah. All right. What are you reading or learning right now? Uh, the book um, that I'm reading, well, two things. So in terms of from a book perspective, um, I'm reading the OKRs book. I think that's the title of it. Uh, objectives and key results, I think is what it stands for. It's essentially a methodology around tracking and measuring uh, metrics where you've got uh, a bit like your your kind of project management side of things in terms of you've got a particular objective and then what are the key results or the key measures. Um, And we do a lot of work in that space, but as anyone knows in any area, even if you're you're a a teacher or some sort of a, someone who's a decent amount of experience in a particular area, it's always about being a student as well. Um, And so different perspectives, different points of view on, on measuring and metrics is, is something that starts me. And then on a, uh, on a personal level, like I, I have been learning for a little while now. Uh, my partner is, um, is Turkish or Kurdish. And so learning more and more of the Turkish language is something that is really exciting and kind of gets you out of that, that, uh, that space and into the creative realm. Yeah, right. Have you ever learned another language before? In uh, high school, I studied in a little bit of uni. I studied Chinese Mandarin. So um, mm-hmm. I recall it, even though it was 10 odd years ago. Um, so. Right. Amazing. Yeah, language is one of those amazing things. I'd love to learn another language one yeah. day. Expand okay. the brain. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, question two, who inspires you? That is a great question. I think like I've had, I've had many mentors in my life and I think, I don't know if it's any particular one person, but what I really love is, is especially from like a business partner of mine, 
I know with my like my my brothers, if you're like they're basically each of them are doing um, some really cool things in terms of their career and and achieving some really awesome things. And so it's not really any specific person, but I but I certainly know that I draw a ton of inspiration from um, people that I'm able to collaborate with and spend more time in the zone of genius. So. Nice. Number three, what did you want to be growing up? <laughs> I was uh, I was actually thinking about kind of maybe being a doctor, heading down that pathway. I know mum was always always um, keen to kind of nurture that within me in terms of that caring element. I quickly realised that potentially something alternative, um, alternative therapies like a physio or a natu- naturopath was kind of areas or TCM, uh, traditional Chinese medicine. But then I got a bit of a taste of business and uh, and I've loved it ever since, even though that's a personal um, hobby. But uh, mm-hmm. so. Yeah, right. Oh, that's interesting. And I guess it bodes well then for, uh, for our listeners and our audience. You'll, there'll be uh, some common threads there. And finally, mate, what's a motto that you like to live by? I think for me, like it, it all comes back to collaboration and the potential that that really unlocks for people. And I think that there's plenty of um, areas that any human being has, which are blind spots for them or areas where they know they're not as strong in as, as they could be or as maybe they don't want to be. And it's about how do we collaborate with other people around us to really um, tap into that opportunity and potential that together to use a kind of really simple um, phrase, one plus one equals three. Like how can you just two groups, two businesses do something really, really special together. I'd imagine you've uh, got a fairly strong blaze streak of the wealth dynamics profile in you. I do not. I am a Lord profile like yourself. Right. (laughs) Yeah. On the other side, but I've learned to understand and psychology and communication has been something that growing up I felt was kind of um, not a strong suit. And so I I spent a lot of time in that space and learning on a personal and business level. So Mm. That's awesome, mate. Very cool. Okay. So help us join the dots then from the the young tacker who wanted to go into health and help people through to now helping people through uh, different means, through more spreadsheets Mm. and dashboards. Join the dots for us. How did that all play out? Uh, so I went to uni and did a um, Bachelor of Science in uh, Physiology as a major. And so that was kind of a chapter in my life where I was still trying to find and navigate my pathway forward. And I was kind of like, well, I really kind of got to uni and I'm like, do I do arts? I don't want to write essays. Do I do uh, commerce? And I was like, I, 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 I thought it was just accounting and, not, and I felt that was too dry. And so science mm-hmm. kind of me in terms of wellness and, and health and well-being and psychology and those, some of those key areas. And so I kind of got through that. And I quickly realized that I didn't want to go down mainstream medicine. That wasn't an area for me. Uh, and during that period, I kind of, with a cousin of mine, we, we started a, essentially a hobby business um, or a kind of micro business back in the day. And we were, um, we were selling uh, phone accessories and phone cases and cords and things at a really small market in, um, if anyone knows Geelong, Victoria, um, in, in um, Belmont at a market there where a lot of people kind of selling secondhand things from their car, et cetera. And and that was really kind of the first taste or chapter for me where we were able to, in a, in a few hours, like two, three hours, connect with and really enjoy that experience of providing a great um, level of customer experience for, for the people, providing a big range, really understanding them and what they were looking for. And I think what was really fascinating is there was people down the other end of the hall that were selling very similar things, had a less of a range, but their level of experience they were delivering to their customers was, was not comparable to what we were doing. And they kept on coming up saying, we're a quarter of the cost, a third of the cost. How are you possibly being way more busy selling way more products? How does that work? And, and, and they missed the mark. And I think that that stayed with me, that lesson of, of being able to just focus on how do we really understand the customer or the patient or in, in whatever industry and 
deliver value rather than focusing on cost and price and, and all those kind of things that kind of detract from the true value you're able to actually deliver. Mm, okay. Uh, and then step us through now to how did you yeah. found Dashboard Magic? Yeah, so um, I went via working at NAB, National Australia Bank, in a sales team, um, running a sales team, working on some projects, and then um, stepped out on my own not too long after that. It was kind of a culmination of understanding that I uh, love numbers and, and being a Lord profile with strong steel energy for anyone who understands wealth dynamics. That kind of just made sense. And I did that while I was at NAB, and that got me very clear on, on the pathway, or the potential pathway forward. And allowed me to take that weight off my shoulders around thinking I had to be this great people person or this great networker or this great ideas person, which sure I can do to some degree, but it's like that gave me, took the pressure off. And so then for me being able to double down and see that, right, systems, processes, data, numbers, and still balance that with a passion of, of helping people, helping businesses, helping clients and, and joining that, that gap, it, it got me, it gets me excited because I know that it's, as we touched on at the beginning, an area that a lot of people find challenging. And my goal ultimately isn't to kind of create more complexity in terms of numbers and, and uh, metrics and things, but it's how do we actually grab the, the 80-20? How do we grab the 20% that's sure. actually incredibly relevant and helpful and dro- can contribute to driving growth that's going to have 80% of the value that you can get from that? So. Mm, nice. So inside our Clinic Mastery Business Academy, we, we love dashboarding. We, we help clinics pull the data out of their practice management systems, which are often just a snapshot in time, and help yes. them dashboard it in our own way to look at trends and provide some more insight to those numbers. But can you, can you help us understand why just dashboards alone isn't mm. the answer? That's a, an incredibly good point. I think when we started out, we did a lot of dashboards. And what we quickly found is that in, in terms of for like people coming to us saying, hey, we, we've heard about dashboards. We see the value. Can you set them up for us? And, and so we did. And we took time to understand the business and delivered that. But what we quickly realized is that dashboards like anything else, like a CRM in a business, as another example, like digital marketing, it's all just, they're all tools on the tool belt. And they have to be part of a greater strategy and a foundation that you're building within the business. Uh, because if they're not, then you kind of over rely on them. And you also expect more from them than what it actually provides, especially if it's not part of a broader strategy. And so for us, we're big believers on the fact that understanding the key metrics in the business and really reviewing and assessing how that's gone historically and then having goals and targets that are measurable moving forward. A dashboard is kind of the tool on the tool belt that you, you kind of can potentially, if it's a fit for your business and, and it feels right to set up after you've got clarity on the numbers. And then also once you've got that set up in terms of dashboards or, or better visibility over your metrics, then it's like, how do we, how do we drive that adoption within the business to embrace numbers as opposed to resist them and, um, and run away from them. And, and that's where you get a, a significant shift in combination with passion and that real kind of visionary strategic drive that a lot of people have to deliver value to, to the people around them. That's awesome, mate. So what I'm, what I'm hearing from hearing correctly is that getting that dashboard or dashboards metrics set up is something that's really important, but then it's more around the habits and behaviors of, of having, making sure those are populated regularly that we review them and then we use that information and data to guide our decisions and having regular rhythms of reflection, review and strategy setting. Is that right? 100%. A perfect analogy is uh, the classic accountant situation where businesses kind of go about what they're doing their day to day and then you've got, they visit the accountant once a quarter or once a month and have a conversation and it's kind of, you, I see it time and time again, it's that disconnect. It's mm-hmm. that 
um, isolation or, or viewing accounting and your numbers and your finances separately to the business where essentially they should be one in the same. And that doesn't mean overwhelm, but it's just like, how can we start to focus on incrementally adopting that and embracing that in the business? Cullen, I want to make sure we provide value for those who have been around the traps for a while and, uh, and are really familiar with their numbers and metrics. And also those, I'm thinking about the listener who might be sitting there going, dashboard? I drive a car with a dashboard. What relevance has that got to do with my business? So can we just back up a second, maybe and clarify, what, if, what even is a dashboard? So a dashboard is essentially a way to visualize in a really simple form what's actually going on and what the data and numbers are actually telling you. And so a classic example, so we, we uh, work with a few different um, allied health practitioners and, and, and those sorts of businesses. And often what we see is quite relevant for them is, is utilization in terms of the time that someone's spending. One of the practitioners, for example, is spending with clients, with patients versus the time that they're not and the time that they're spending on other things, non-billable kind of related tasks. Mm-hmm. And that is often a, a pretty massive thing where, as everyone knows, like you don't want them 100% in terms of utilization, but it's just like, how can we have some level of understanding, some level of visibility and some level, some target in terms of what that could be or what that is the ideal sweet spot. And so for example, for a particular client, for them, it was 80%. And so they wanted to see like who amongst the team is at 80%, above 80%, maybe below 80%. And as with any metric, it's not about viewing it in isolation. It's about viewing it in combination with other metrics and also, again, relating it back to the overall kind of targets and goals and vision of the business. And so that's an example. So why is that important? Why can't I just look at one metric in isolation? Why do I have to have so much other context? Because it doesn't tell the full picture, the full story. It's a bit like going into a business, like a a classic example is if you're talking to a digital marketer, they'll tell you that you need more leads or you're talking to a sales trainer, they'll tell you you need to get better sales training and handle better, like better with handling objections. And it's like, and obviously that's, that's fairly, I'm generalizing there, but it's kind of like being able to understand the whole process to understand the, the big picture, it becomes really important because for example, maybe, maybe profitabilities declined last month or last quarter, but if that was off the back of big investment into team or into systems or into strategy or into training, well then there's a clear understanding of how that then fits. And those, so that if you're looking in isolation, you might think that's a bad thing and the business is going backwards, but in fact, that might not, not actually be the case. Hmm. So then what's your advice for business owners who are thinking, I want to get better at numbers. I want to understand my reports. I want to have dashboards in place and I want to learn how to analyze my business. How do I get better at that? So one of the biggest things we see is there's plenty of platforms out there. Um, and I know you guys work quite closely with one of them in terms of patient appointments and managing a lot of that kind of patient data. And we've got clients that, that utilize that platform as well. And what's really interesting in any platform with internal reporting is there's lots of stuff going on. There's lots of different graphs and gauges and metrics and, and, and data in there. And that's okay. But what happens is you quickly kind of fall into this trap of overwhelm or shiny object syndrome of thinking, all right, I will just jump in there, look at a whole bunch of things. And there's not really that consistency. Mm-hmm. That consistency and simplicity really drives the, the value of, of some of these metrics. And so we're big believers of whether you're using a Google sheet or a spreadsheet to be able to drive visibility and start to track and really get a hold and an understanding and an awareness of your numbers, or whether you're setting up a dashboard or multiple dashboards, doesn't matter. It's the consistency and simplicity and the relation back to what's important to the business that matters the most um, so that you're not getting stuck in that cycle of all these different numbers and not actually relating it back to the business in a practical sense. And, and I see that all the time across the clinics that we work with and, and the broader 
clinic community in general. I think health professionals are wired to love data by and large. Uh, we're mm. fairly scientific, analytical. How often do you see people fall into, you know, that analysis paralysis or tracking everything, having all these data points, but really not being able to do anything about it? Do you see that much? And how do we avoid that type of thing? So there's two types of, uh, of businesses we come across. There's the ones that aren't tracking anything or are tracking things in a limited sense. And then there's the ones that have like 30 spreadsheets with different versions, with no consistency, with a new one for every single month, with a whole lot of manual process and manual work and manual data entry. And it's I'm kind of anxiety as you talk about it. <laughs> both ends of the spectrum. It's kind of like, how do we find that middle point? How do we kind of still understand and have tracking and visibility over some of these numbers, but in a way that's less manually kind of entered in a way that's far more simple and in a way that still gives you the awareness without the extra work because no one actually wants to do extra things and that's where there's a lot of resistance because people think you have to set up and understand and do all these extra work and it's just another thing on the to-do list and so that's where often it gets put to the side as well and, and as i said we're big believers on being able to make that as simple and, and potentially automated as possible to actually bring the relevance in, a, in an easy way to the business mm. and so that's that's a good point how automatable are things like dashboards? Uh, so highly automatable in the sense of like, again, multiple, multiple clients we're working with that are in the kind of allied health space, they being able to pull the data directly out of some of their platforms, their key systems they're using is literally all automated. And so being able to do that without adding extra work is incredible. And it gives visibility without that thinking of like, oh, we have to do more stuff like we just touched on before. Uh, and so being able to connect into the back end of a particular platform that you're using at the moment or multiple platforms you're using, be it on an appointment management level or in terms of like patients and things like that, or even on if you're running kind of advertising or marketing on the front end or even on an accounting level on the back end in terms of the different accounting platforms out there, pretty much all of it's automatable. And there's, there's sometimes some little, little kind of this with a disclaimer of it's not 100% the case all the time, but sure. for the majority, you can certainly... Uh, make a significant shift in a business and give incredible visibility and oversight without the need to do extra work ongoing. Mm -hmm. Okay. So let's look back to those two different potential clinic owners, the one that's got no idea, and I say that with all respect, and they perhaps just put their head in the sand because it's too hard. What are some things that they could do? And then also I'm thinking the seasoned professional who loves their numbers and is already analyzing some data to a degree. How can they get better when it comes to dashboarding? So can you talk to those two different populations? Of course. So for the, for the uh, business or business leader, the person who doesn't have a whole lot in terms of um, data and numbers and visibility and knows that that's potentially a point of a bit of a gap for them and an area for improvement and it, it wants to really give it a good hard go. Um, I think the biggest thing is, is kind of reverse engineering from the vision and on a kind of um, intangible level, but then on, in terms of goals and targets on a tangible level and saying, all right, well, if we want to we help X number of more um, patients or customers or clients um, this year, or we want to, a, on a kind of a people side and then on a number side, like in terms of revenue um, or profitability or um, time in the business from a time perspective as the leader or, or being able to provide some of those other tangible things, like what are those goals and targets for you? And um, what does that look like in a way that is measurable? And then working backwards and saying, all right, well, if we want to help, we want to go from helping a thousand people to 1500 people over the course of a 12 month period. How do we reverse engineer that? And what does that look like broken down per week or per month? And so 
then we kind of know the target or the run rate or the 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 goal um, or the benchmark that we want to we want to drive for. And then the question becomes: Is where are we tracking at the moment? Like, how are we tracking? If, for example, um, we want to go from a thousand to fifteen hundred, and we're kind of at about eleven hundred, then we know that there's a gap if that's on a say a monthly basis. And so, in terms of being able to then work out on a on an initiative on a project, it, it opens up a bigger conversation. It opens up the opportunity for the business to really understand. All right. It's not a matter of just hitting a certain target. It's actually understanding like how are we going to improve as a team, as a business, in terms of the value we add to actually drive that, that, that increase and leveling up to the next level in terms of being able to achieve what we want to achieve and, and helping more people. And so I think just having a really simple understanding, reverse engineering it back from what you want to achieve as a goal and a target in a measurable fashion, understanding what maybe even if it's three metrics. Maybe it's three things. Maybe it's utilization. Maybe it's um, number of patients or, or clients, and maybe it's revenue. Or, or for example, yeah. um, average average appointment value um, yeah. to, just to kind of get a bit of a spread. And just sticking with them, looking at them literally on a weekly and or uh, monthly or fortnightly basis, and setting a time frame. Like for example, you want to be able to say, all right, not ten thousand people for the year in terms of a target. You want to break that down to the fortnight or the week or the month and be consistent. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. the simplicity of having a few metrics as well as the consistency of the way you're doing that and putting a little bit of thought into that is what, um, is what really helps that person. And then in terms of the other, the other person or the other business that's kind of got 30 spreadsheets and loves the data and numbers but kind of goes down a bit of a rabbit hole and makes it a little bit too complicated mm-hmm. uh, compared to what it could be um, and they're looking to be able to simplify. I think the biggest thing is, is a similar kind of take but essentially saying, all right, well, how do we consolidate? Like a lot of the time when we kind of um, work with businesses, it's like, all right, well, you've got these 20 spreadsheets, but what's the commonality? What's the common, like, I'm sure there's multiple variations of the same thing often. Right. How do we bring them together and just get a really consolidated version of this? And then further than that, it's like, all right, is it worth continuing to, cr- to track these 10 or 20 metrics or, or do we need to pick like a smaller amount as the high level ones and maybe have some submetrics? Again, it's just about simplification on that level. Because also in, in terms of having um, some top metrics and then some submetrics, it's like that's when you can embrace the team more. And this is kind of going down that pathway a little bit. But what I see often is it's kind of like, how do we get the team more accountable? How do we, how do we get them to actually drive it themselves? Because that's the other gap to kind of jump, jump on a little bit of a tangent here. But it's like often we, we don't want to create a bottleneck or a, or a, or a gap between the leader of the business yep, yep. and the team. Because that's then the next evolutionary problem that occurs. Once you've got more visibility, you've got more understanding of the numbers, you're approaching it in a simple fashion. It's how do we get the team to embrace it more? And again, like simplicity carries through, but also like how do we collaboratively come up with those key metrics with the team, especially if someone's in charge of, if someone's a head practitioner or practice manager, for example, or different areas of the business, like how can we get ownership and buying from them where they feel like they can actually take responsibility for that metric themselves and drive that within their area of the business or within the team they manage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I love, absolutely love that. It's, there's a couple of key goal nuggets there is that these metrics, data dashboarding is really useful when it comes to team mentoring, nurturing, accountability, and also that point around we want to simplify, not oversimplify, but simplify to a level where there's, there's probably some core key competencies that matter. We, we actually call them CEIs, not KPIs, but CEIs. What are the clinical excellence indicators that really do matter? And we want it as complex as necessary, but not more complex. 
we don't need unnecessary complexity. So that's a really practical key advice, Carl. I really appreciate that. If people want to find out more about what you do, learn more about their numbers, dashboards, and potentially how to get help, how do they do so? They are more than welcome to jump to uh, dashboardmagic.com.au or, um, or pop me an email even, cullen at dashboardmagic.com.au as well. Super. And listeners, we'll link all that up in the show notes over at clinicmastery.com forward slash podcast. That will be all linked up and available for you to get in touch with Cullen and the team. And uh, as always, the ability to leave a review and rating will also be there over at clinicmastery.com forward slash podcast. Cullen, thank you for joining us, mate. It's been amazing. Thank you so much for having me, Jack. Really appreciate it. And listeners, thank you for joining us. I can't wait to bring you another episode of the Grow Your Clinic podcast again really soon. Bye for now. Thanks for tuning in to the Grow Your Clinic podcast. To find out more about past episodes or how we can help you, head to www.clinicmastery.com forward slash podcast. And please remember to rate and review us on your podcast player of choice. See you on the next episode.